Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul. Get ready for an enlightening conversation that will nurture your soul and help you live your best life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson. Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson, here on 96.3 HD4 and DCRadio.gov. Here on the Soul Wealth Radio Show, we have wealthy conversations that nurture the soul. And these conversations are incredibly inspiring, insightful, informative, illuminating. And the blessing is that, you know, I get to engage some beautiful, beautiful people to bring to you just gems and nuggets. And I do that because frequently, you know, we come up with the narrative about people on the chapter upon which we came into their lives. And there's so much more to who these beautiful souls are. And my guest today is a mother artist, HIV AIDS activist, founder and president of ABBA, Artists Affected by AIDS. She's a speaker and a proud native of Cleveland, Ohio, where she honed her voice and songwriting style. Singing in church since age five, she knew music would ultimately be the path she would take by age 19. She had written and performed songs locally. Her natural talent allowed her an opportunity to sing background for other artists in the area. She was blessed with a career that has taken her all over the world, as far as Europe, Asia, and Africa, singing for world-renowned entertainers. Releasing her very own album, The Macmillan Story, in 2008, my guest was able to share her story with the world with Silence Kills, a song that shines light on the destruction of secrets and not living your truth. Both of her parents and her only brother had succumbed to the effects of AIDS. She decided it was time to do more than music and started a plan to launch a nonprofit in her brother's honor called ABBA, Artists Affected by AIDS. As of June 2021, exactly 12 years after the loss of her brother, that dream has become a reality. My guest is looking forward to helping others heal through her charity and other platforms she has been blessed to stand on. There are many, many projects underway. And simply put, she really is just getting started. She's a wife, a mom, an amazing woman, and my sister. Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show, Tarshay Nicole. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's an honor to, to you know, be invited to um, be on this platform. You are a powerful woman. I'm so happy to have you here. I knew you before I knew you. Let me just say that. And uh, then I, you know, had the awesome privilege to now get to know you in in an even more family-like way. And I'm just so grateful for the connection. And it's just proof positive that God does all things 
in time and makes everything beautiful in its own time. That's the promise in scripture that we have. Tasha, what were you thinking, feeling? What was your experience listening to me read your bio? You know, it's always uh, different to hear it back when you're hearing these things because so many times on your day-to-day, you know, you wake up with you. You know, you look at yourself and your hair is all over your head and you got the sleep boogers in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you're like, I'm a mess. And, you know, you don't always feel great when you get up and you don't wake up with any accomplishments going through your brain. You know, it's it's just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm just Tarche. And especially if you're waking up to little boys knocking on your door, mommy, mm-hmm. you know, I need. Um, so you're not really, I know for me, I don't walk around, you know, thinking about everything I've ever done. And so when you do um, get the opportunity to share your story in any way and, and the bio is read, I literally just, you play your whole life in your, in your head. So I literally was sitting here, like I'm listening to somebody else's (laughs) story and I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. It really does. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's encouraging to hear because it's not like it's something I read every day. I'm glad that I'm so glad that, that you are encouraged (laughs) You are so inspiring. And, you know, I take the time to read the bios the way that I do, Mm -hmm. because frequently we are so working on our lives and in our lives, living it Mm -hmm. in real time. We don't really take the time to look at it and just kind of sit back and just see all that God has done through us as us in the world and how we've grown and, you know, the life you have today and that we each have. I say this all the time. We paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't just wake up like yeah. this. Right. We've come through so many things and we're going to get into that with you. And I'm just, again, really grateful for this, what I like to call divine connection. Yes. Uh, who are you at your core? If you take away your accomplishments you know, your journey, your story, your successes. Who is Tarshe? What are your core values? My core value, for sure, number one is love. Always been a lovable child. (laughs) One who was accepting of everyone. And sometimes that got me in a lot of trouble. Um, Mm -hmm. I I was just always that way. You show kindness to me, I'm coming with, you know? And so that that's the core of who I am really is um, very loving. I'm very compassionate, very passionate. I'm a dreamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just naturally an encourager. As my sister says, uh, I can make a person without wings think they can fly. She was the first to tell me that I had a gift, you know, the gift of encouragement. Um, yeah. Because I just naturally love to help people feel good, you know, and have been able to do that even when I didn't feel so good myself. But yeah, that that's the core of who I am. It's just, I'm a big, I call myself a love bug. <laughs> I am. That That's, that's how I would describe myself. I just want to love. Mm-hmm. I love to be loved. I love to share love. 
And God constantly is growing me in the area of loving unlovable people. You know, everyone is capable of being loved, but not everybody understands that they're worthy of receiving love. And so God gives me assignments <laughs> of people who, who are hard to love, but to see the breakthrough, even in that just shows God's grace and his love for us. So I enjoy being a vessel. It doesn't always feel good. Right. The reward is great. Right. That's so awesome that you are clear on your core values. And I love asking that question and I love the answers because when you know who you are, Mm -hmm. it's easy to stand your ground in terms of boundaries and not allow people to pull you into who you are not, Mm -hmm. right? Or to give time, energy, attention to things that are not in alignment with who you are at your core. So it's beautiful to me when um, my guests are so clear about their core values, who they are at their core, not what they do, but who they be mm-hmm. in, in their innermost part. So I love that. Who inspires you? Where do you glean your inspiration? Who or what or who and what inspires you? I would definitely say, um, you know, early inspiration definitely comes from my parents. Um, and my parents in two different light, both are deceased. But I do uh, fill them with me in spirit. And um, my mother was just such a mother. She was a nurturer. Mm-hmm. And she's one I believe I inherited that that love for people from. I grew up with her taking in friends of ours who maybe didn't have the best you know, home situation. Our home was always this place of escape for them, a place of peace. Yeah, uh, to restore. And so she, I mean, she would, she, my mom was the one that would take in stray dogs, like, you know, that kind of thing, like literally straight, <laughs> straight. <laughs> and, um, and I think I learned that from her. Um, I was the one who kind of took that on my sister and brother, not so much. They're more so like, <laughs> more so like the guards where they're like, Tarsha, you doing too much, but it's just what he gave me, you know, God created me that way. And I understand it more and more the more I live, but yeah. I definitely got that from my mom, just being a mother. And she was such a mother in a way that it inspired me to want to be a mother. But I had no idea that my desire to be a mother went so much deeper than being a mother in the natural. But uh, God also called me to mother in, in the spiritual. So as I've gotten older, you know, I find that people are drawn to me. My nickname, one of my nicknames back home in Cleveland is the guys would call me mother because Mm -hmm. I was always, you know, nurturing and I'm making sure people eating and I'm taking care of, you know, Um, it's just kind of that, that thing. And my girlfriends are the same way with me. You know, I just have that, that mothering thing about me and, um, very forgiving, non-judgmental. So I get a lot, you know, people come to me and they know that when I look at them, they're not going to be judged and they're going to be received in love, corrected, you know, in love. I'm very thorough with that, but then I build them up. You know, you don't just leave people where they are. And, um, and so my dad, he's my inspiration because he was the one who spoke into my life and said that I was going to sing all over the world. Wow. And and I would sing my little solos in church. He would be the first one standing (laughs) and he would stand and just be so proud 
you know, and he said, I guess she's going to sing all over the world. And I've actually been able to have the opportunity to sing out of the country. And uh, my voice, you know, recordings have been heard even in places that I've never stepped foot in. So Mm -hmm. uh, both have inspired me for sure and continues to be my inspiration just their endurance and um, how they were able to uphold the standard of integrity and serving God, even when they were going through the roughest times in their lives, you know, they're Mm -hmm. dying, but I never heard my parents curse God and we were faithful in ministry. And I've carried that with me throughout my life. How beautiful is that? Such, you know, and that's a perpetual inspiration. Those are gifts you'll have with you always you know, and and forever. So I love that. Understanding that we learn many lessons over the course of our lifetime, Tarshay, share a lesson that you have learned in any chapter in your life that after you learned the lesson, it caused you to pivot and shift. Oh, the biggest shift that has happened in my life happened in December, 2019. And after the years and years of, you know, rejection and loss and struggling with depression and having anxiety attacks and didn't realize that was what was happening to me, um, my sister is actually a licensed professional counselor. And she was telling me for years, even in our college years, you need to go to counseling. And I was always that one like, no, I'm fine. You know, I could always smile through things. I was able to tour and do all of that. So those are, you know, a false sense of being okay. You know, right. day as a party. And um, so I was able to stay on that high. And then when I came off the road to raise my sons, it really hit me because I was sitting still for once mm-hmm. and everything just kind of poured on me. And I, I felt everything and uh, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then um, <clears throat> I was just involved in a really bad uh, situation or what they call situationships these days. Cause it wasn't mm-hmm. even a relationship. It was something I was in that was not healthy for me. And I lowered my standards to become someone I was not. I allowed the enemy to make me believe that I wasn't worthy, uh, more love than what I was giving myself. And I I really believe it was self-abuse, honestly, because I was allowing myself to be my mistakes, to be Mm -hmm. my choices that I made that weren't good for me. I did not feel worthy and felt this was what I deserved. And a lot of times we'll punish ourselves, did not take heed to counsel. And eventually I broke. And in that breaking, uh, I had some pills for anxiety that were supposed to calm my anxiety that I'd gotten from my doctor that I had been taking throughout the past several months. And one particular day, I was just done with it all. And I had uh, several of these pills left and just down what was left in the bottle Mm. and decided that I was going to check out. And I was okay with it. I had gotten to this point and I also did something that I said I would never do. I always said I would never try to take my own life, but you'll be amazed at what you will do when you reach that lowness, you know, I had hit rock bottom and it made me understand how or why people do that. I used to be like, that's so selfish and I don't understand. And she has children and how dare she? And here I am with three beautiful boys and I'm trying to take my life because pain can cripple you in a way and numb you in a way where you're like, 
if this is what life is about, then death has got to be better than this because this is ridiculous, you know? And I was just over it. Did that and um, ended up calling a friend because I did have my son at home. That's how I knew I lost it. And uh, he was home with the flu. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, he he left his job and rushed over and he was able to get there. He called the ambulance. And so I had to be taken in the ambulance to the doctor. And he he sat there with me. They made sure the boys were good. And he sat with uh-huh. me for those 24 hours. And I still have yet to sit and talk with him, to talk with him about what that was like, what he saw, what I talked about maybe, because I don't remember. But then after those 24 hours of uh, them observing me, I was taken against my will, of course, because I'm concerned uh-huh. to myself, to a facility. And I was there for six days. Just so happens when I went in there, it was December 19th. So, of course, I spent Christmas in a mental institution. And I sat there and I said, this cannot be my life. It was so surreal that I'm in this this these scrubs <laughs> and these, these slipper shoes that they give the inmates, you know, in prisons. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have any insurance. Um, I stopped paying all my insurance, all that stuff. So I'm in a state facility. So it pretty much was like a jail. Prison. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it was like. So I'm in there with people who actually were out of their minds and all that. But even in that, God used me even there. People found themselves drawn to me. It was like I was that peace place for them. So they would come and tell me their stories of how they ended up there. And they just loved being around me. And God just showed me so much in that time. And he's like, I preserved you for a reason. But I'm glad for that place that I reached because it allowed me to see how people get there. So now now I have compassion for people who have gone through that because I know how you can get there. And now I'm not so callous about how selfish people are. And um, it makes me very sensitive to it, Uh but uh also it lets me see the importance of not allowing myself to be used and abused to the point to where um, I don't want to be here anymore. And after that point, I decided, you know, after meeting with psychologists and psychiatrists there, found out that I was a people pleaser. I suffered from low self-worth and I was a people pleaser to the point of, you know, pretty much laying my life down for everybody else. And then eventually you'll crack. Yeah. Totally deplete yourself and uh, you harm yourself in that process. And ever since then, when I got up out of there, I've learned how to say no. I have learned not to lower my standards and not accept anything less than what I'm worth. Uh, My self-worth jumped up (laughs) in a huge way. Um, because I had to be reminded of who I am and who God says I am. Mm-hmm. And I made sure I stayed around my my strong core group of people who would uplift me and pray for me and cover me. And I started going to therapy, you know, and um, doing the things that I needed to do to enhance my health and get better. But now I don't have any issues saying no. I cannot. And even if I can, if I don't want to, I'm not doing it. You know, and now I feel like I have my power, a power that I never allowed myself to have in my entire life. That scared me. It was a huge wake up call for me. And I said I would never allow anyone to take me to that place again, nor me take myself to that place. So when I find myself 
approaching where there may be triggers, I use the tools that uh-huh. I've been given, you know, uh-huh. in therapy. And I redirect my attention elsewhere and I have to remind myself and affirm myself. So when you ask me, go back to the top of the interview, when you ask me how that made me feel, that's what it does. It affirms me. So remind yeah. me, this is who you are. This is what you've done. And you were able to do this even in your broken place, uh-huh. you know? And so uh-huh. imagine what God has done to do through me now in a place of healing. Listen, hold on, hold on, hold on, pause, y'all. Um, everybody, take a breath because I need that to make an impression on your soul. Think about all you've been able to accomplish in your broken places, right? Think about that. Take that in. I want you to remember in this moment what you've done when you've considered uh, or remember the things that you were able to to accomplish when you were broken. And if you could do that, if God could do that through you in a broken place, now imagine, first remember, then imagine what can be done through you as you when you are healed. That's powerful right there. And I just had to pause and frame that because somebody Mm -hmm. needed to hear that. So thank you so much for your your transparency that that's awesome that's awesome share another moment for me um as we are getting closer to winding down it goes so fast when we get on the roll and i love it share another moment that changed you forever like after it happened you knew your life would never be the same after it happened i knew my life would never be the same Mm -hmm. i could go after or before i know um you know, of course, I, I suffered a lot of uh, great losses, which were my the loss of my dad. I was 16. And then my mom passed at 19 when I was 19 years old, just after her 40th birthday. So wow. uh, she was 40 for all of <laughs> barely 30 days and uh, she passed. And then but what really took the cake for me was when I lost my brother in 2009. He was 26 years old. Mm. And uh, my sister and I were on either side of him. It always brings to mind of me, Lazarus and uh, his sisters. And that's what I felt like, you know, we were. And it was so many things running through my head. I didn't understand, you know, why him? Why couldn't he be spared? Why did he have to suffer so much brokenness? And, um, And then to make choices that would get him to this place. Why wasn't he covered? Why was I covered? And he wasn't covered. You know, it it was right. You go through all these things in your head because I knew I hadn't done everything I was supposed to do. And this could have very well been me. And um, I knew that when my brother was gone, that that was going to change my life forever. Um, and in those moments, you're in so much pain, you don't really understand why. And there's a lot of questions of the why. And it took years to get to this place of now having uh, ABBA, Artists Affected by AIDS, because that was birth in that moment when my brother took his last breath. There was It was conceived then. Mm. And, but the birthing of it happened years later. But literally to the date, he died June 1st, 2009. In 2021, June 1st, 2021, 
I received, actually it came on June 5th, but it had been approved on June 1st, 2021. So that's what I mean to the date from the IRS uh, stating that I was official, like officially a nonprofit organization and that I could proceed to be able to do the work that I needed to do um, and to receive funds and be able to help people. And I was like, it was so empowering for me. I was like, this is why. And it took years later to understand the why, mm-hmm. but it's here now. And so now if I know that had that never happened and had I never lost my brother, uh, Abba wouldn't have never been born. And I've yet to see the impact that this nonprofit organization is going to have on so many people. But there was something that my brother made me promise him. And he said, make sure there are no more Michaels. That's what Uh he said. And Uh it was so much that's in that. And that means him not feeling, people not feeling alone. Right. Um, And knowing that we stand with them and them not being ostracized and not living in your shame because of what you, you, you did or how you acquired it. Um, people have to wake up every day and see that. And it's a reminder you messed up. And so just giving people life after HIV mm-hmm. for those affected and infected, because those of us who have been affected and had those losses of loved ones and family members, it affects us too. Yeah. It, it affects everyone. And so had I not suffered the loss of my parents and my brother, I wouldn't have in place what I have today, nor would I have the passion to do it. And so, so rich. That is so <laughs> rich. Yeah. You know, those things do have to happen in our lives to make us who we are. And that's why I said at the top of the conversation, you know, we paid to be who we are. <laughs> this cost us. This oil is expensive. And each of us pay a different price. This is so lovely. What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for today? I am most grateful for life. (laughs) I'm grateful for life. Something that I at one point took advantage of. I am grateful for. I am grateful for my three sons that God gave me. And I always say, I lost three, but God then gave me three. Isn't that something? Yes. And I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for covering. I'm just Uh grateful. I'm grateful for for God's people, for the opportunity to serve. I'm I'm grateful for a lot. That's awesome. God will make everything beautiful in its own time. That is the promise of God. I love that you said, you know, I lost three, but then God gave me three. Uh You know, he gave me beauty for my ashes. How awesome is that. Thank you so much for being such an incredible guest. Another one here on the Soul Wealth Radio Show on 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov. Tarshay, how can our listeners connect with you? Where can they find you? You can find me on IG at Tarshay, T-A-R-S-H-A underscore official for IG. Also Tarshay Nicole on Facebook. I also have uh, my ABBA, M-Y, AABA.org. You can go there uh, if you want to connect with us with the nonprofit. And also, I'm the Charlotte chapter president for I Am She Survivor. And so uh, you can uh, reach out to me on there as well. And yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's a lot. That's awesome. That's amazing. That is beautiful. Thank you again. I invite you all to visit my website, vickijohnson.com. 
I am on most social media platforms at All Things Vicky. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, All Things Vicky Johnson. Vicky is V I K K I. Listen, soul wealth is your birthright, it is your inheritance. So go out into the world, live with passion, live on purpose, live with intention. Listen, live full, everybody, so you can die empty. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul with Dr. Vicki Johnson. Soul Wealth is not just a brand. It's a lifestyle of vision, compassion, authenticity, abundance, and legacy created one conversation, one choice at a time. For more information, visit VickiJohnson.com or click on soulwealth at dcradio.gov.